I V M. Folks, welcome to Paisa Paisa. I'm your host Anupam Gupta. B50 on Twitter and our Advisor Perspective series continues. I'm thrilled to have one of India's most veteran financial experts, founder of Fee Only Investment Advisors, author of the very popular Truth Be Told column in Business Standard, Harsh Rungta, and we're going to talk about Advisor Perspective. That's what our series is about on a lot of things related to financial planning, which will help you hopefully make better financial decisions right after this short break. And welcome back, Harsh. Welcome to Paisa Paisa. Thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. Oh, it's a real pleasure to be here, Anupam. Nice and, of you. And you know, it's so great to be mentioned in your book, and it is a real pleasure reading it as well. Thank you so much, Harsh. It was a great interview that we had done back in last year. Tell us about yourself, because I want listeners to know your pre-fee-only investment advisor that you set up in 2015. Your experience before that, because I mean, you've seen a lot among the original team at ICICI. Let's talk about that for a while. Your back. Uh, so, I mean, typical middle class background professional, you sort of uh, do your, I did my chartered accountancy, like a lot of other middle class folks wanted to make a lot of money, <laughs> did tax, then joined ICICI. I had the good fortune to join ICICI. I had the great fortune to work under some great bosses, Mr. Kamath, Lalita Gupte, Shika Sharma. And, you know, a lot of things that I have learned. I've learned, you know, working under them, uh, talking to my colleagues. I think it was an amazing experience. All my life, I've realized I've done new things. Okay, I've done so many new things. It is uh, sometimes, you know, I enjoy doing new things. And uh, so I did, I worked there for five years, then branched out in my own. You know, the three of us got out and started uh, in those days, an investment banking outfit that uh, specialized in structured products, leasing in mm-hmm. those days. 98, I went back to ICICI in a senior role this time. And I set up uh, retail lending for them wow. under Shika's guidance. And I fell in love with retail. Prior to that, I had always been a wholesale institutional, uh, institutional yeah. person. 98 is when that shift happened to retail and I've never looked back since. I mean, you're talking to real people, real stories. You're looking at impact. When you give a home loan, you're changing somebody's life. And I think that hooked me. My tax background helped me dramatically. And that's how I've always remained current on that. Two years later, I started off the first of my ventures, Apna Loan, which ultimately morphed into Apna Paisa. Again, a new thing, providing a service that didn't exist or was not not very well delivered to consumers and that I exited in 2015 and you know the story of coming into or starting the advisory practice also it's not something that was pre-planned unlike my other ventures this was something that happened I mean the deal that I had made it was reported in the paper so uh, you know a rich man and his money are invited to every wedding in town (laughs) so I mean every person uh, would come and talk to me and Since I had signed a non-compete and was not able to do what I knew, Mm. I had time on my hands and I sort of met up with almost every wealth manager in the country. And I realized something was not right about this. And very clearly, and when something is not right about an industry, which was adjacent to something I had done all my life, the whole premise of Apna Loan, Apna Paisa was doing something right for the consumer. And that's how this idea of an investment advisory practice started. 
started he can we do something that's on the right side of the investor which is keeping the investor's interest in the you know at a higher level than uh, yours yeah very interesting ash so ash, you've always been pro consumer pro client pro investor and that's how your career even shaped out till 2015 and then the sebi regulations for investment advisory came in 2013 and you were quite well said when you set up fee only tell us about fee only you know and how that leverages from your almost 20 year long um experience in working for the consumer and, you know having the consumer or your clients interest best and the name that you chose is also quite interesting fee only investment advisor talk to us about that so i think i taken the license in 2013 it wasn't uh, operational at that point of time and in 2015 i activated it. i mean what i realized when all these wealth managers visited me to sort of uh, quote unquote help me in investing the wealth that i had i think what i realized was that their interests were not aligned to mine they were not very transparent so and this is something i had seen whether it was the loan industry whether it was the insurance industry whether it was the mutual fund industry i mean those were things we had done in apna paisa i was quite clued on to that i had done that except i had done it from a slightly different angle and that helped me make up my mind ki this is something i want to do it was fortunate that i was not under any pressure to sort of uh, you know have revenues or have a minimum number of clients i could afford the infrastructure that was required to give a decent service even though when i started i had very very few clients the name fee only came a little later the concept came first hmm. i think a professional and i think investment advisory is a profession a professional gets paid by the person to whom he renders the service there's nothing wrong in commission i mean we had commission when we started and we always kept clients interest above but like i tell my clients as an investment advisor as a sebi registered investment advisor keeping client interest above my own or being a fiduciary is regulated which means if i don't do it i can lose my license i'm there umpteen examples let's say a client comes into a surplus and you know he approaches me ki what should i do with this harsh should i invest this or should i repay the loan that i have now i will consider it i will take everything into account and i will advise him but suppose i advise him ki he should invest it because mm-hmm. you know it makes sense the loan is coming at a lower rate etc there is a conflict of interest inherent there because if he repays the loan my fee which is based on assets under advice remains the same whereas if he invests my fee goes up mm-hmm. now i have not let that you know influence my decision but i must let the client know that you know there is this inherent conflict of interest so please take a decision based on knowing this conflict very very relevant in real estate typically we don't charge on real estate now a client will approach us on whether he should keep the real estate sell the real estate i mean all my writings i am not a very pro real estate person they know that plus there is the conflict of interest that if he keeps the real estate i don't charge a fee on it my fee is lower he sells it puts it into financial asset my fee goes up i don't let again as i said i don't let that influence my decision i feel good because and i am regulatorily required to disclose the conflict of interest and i think almost every client is wise enough 
to know when he sees a professional opinion coming i think people can make out when an opinion is professional and when it is conflicted yeah so folks we are spending time talking about this because it's very important for you to understand how the financial planning process works and the fees that you're paying to your planner remember that we are talking about ris out here sebi registered investment advisors who only earn their fees their revenues from you the client they do not earn a rupee from any products that they sell and that's fundamentally different from other models that are out there in the market where you know a distributor of a financial product will sell something to you and he doesn't get paid by you by the way he gets paid by the a product manufacturer whose product that he's selling harsh before we go into a break if you can just tell us about your range of services folks the website you can just google it harsh rungta um fee only investment advisor then you'll you know the website is pretty comprehensive and as per sebi you have to give your fees also out there right i mean whatever is the regulation there so we have to provide it in the letter of engagement we right. don't necessarily have to have put, to put website, it on the yeah. website we have oh okay so one of our guiding principles is transparency yeah. so we have on our website put up our entire fee structure so that clients know what they are getting into obviously even before we give them any service we are required to sign a letter of engagement the website also contains details of what we do hmm, hmm. and more importantly what we don't do. let's get into that for a bit before we go into the break so i mean what we do is that we basically handle a limited number of clients but we provide comprehensive financial planning and life planning services financial planning probably is about numbers your goals your resources today's resources tomorrow's resources what is your risk profile etc hmm. but more important than that are what motivates you you know what are the things okay and several of the people you have spoken to in the book talk about this and so do i i mean there is a huge amount of commonality between the six of us that you have put in the book because it is very important to understand what drives you know a consumer okay i mean a simple example is health okay and i think you have quoted that somewhere in the book right a person does not the goal can be to lose weight okay what are the things that are motivating him because i think depending on what is motivating him you can even talk to the person to change his goal because you need to understand his base goal is he losing weight to feel fitter to be more productive at work to impress his girlfriend <laughs> okay what does he want to do it for because i think the solutions you will find will be a little different depending on what he is doing so you know one goal is not the same as the other goal and i think that is extremely important so folks we will give you some goals that we have spoken about like the most popular one the fire goal on the other side of this break and we'll get more specific as to how a financial planner can help you plan your money and make smarter decisions right out of this short break and welcome back how should recently written a column about how people need to calculate their finances in a you know in a better manner before they take this decision of jumping ship you know whether it is quitting the job doing your own firm or this very popular what's called fire a lot of you listeners would have heard about it which is financially independent uh, retire early quit to start your own businesses and stuff like that you wrote a column on this where you said harsh that professionals might actually have enough money already to take that decision if they only took the trouble to calculate let's talk about that So I think the best way to explain this is by the real case study. I mean that was such a blinding insight 
so here we had this couple okay i mean doing extremely well you know more than 10 lakhs a month uh, net income for the couple houses great house two kids uh, of course when your income is like that your goals are also like that so kids going to great i mean expensive schools mm. goals also overseas etc etc so everything was there what they had done was a large part of their investable surplus was in two assets even the house was uh, something on which they had still had alone okay then they had assets on which they had a loan a real estate asset on which they had a loan so a large part of the income which was salary income for both of them was really going into servicing those loans there was very little left over and there is this so it's not that he had not made investments in financial assets there were financial assets but when we talked to them we realized you know that this was not something he was still not feeling comfortable and when we sat down we did the numbers and we then showed it to him ki if only you sell off this other property investment property that you have use the money to pay off both the loans he had a loan on his house loan on that property you will still have a surplus your financial assets are more than enough for you to you know go slow and that was a insight for him he really didn't feel it it was his numbers right they were all there hmm. when we did it for him what that made him do was that he became confident enough he loved what he was doing it wasn't that he didn't love what he was doing but he was just having to spend too much time he was traveling incessantly he went back to his employers and said oh this is not working out for me you pay me less i still want to do this part of the work that i enjoy i don't want to travel so take away those responsibilities pay me less i want to continue he was a very valuable asset the company would held on to him very little compromise on his money mm. but his life changed completely he was able to spend more time with his children who were soon going to be you know out of the yeah. nest okay yeah. at a very appropriate time he is getting to spend money and that was such an insight it was like i mentioned in that uh, article yeah. about this elephant okay who's kept chained with a small little chain because when he was a baby elephant at that point of time that chain was enough to hold him and he grew up into this mighty elephant still believing that that chain will continue to hold him so never even trying to break free the calculations helped him break free i think yeah. that is the key very interesting but this is applicable to someone who's of that bracket again double income fairly high income what would be the conversation that you would have with someone who's just starting his career you know maybe a 25 year old 28 year old 29 year old who's very clear that he wants to as the saying goes you know be independent financially and retire early at whatever age 40 45 let's just talk a little bit about that what how should this person approach his or her finances because i'm assuming that you're looking at a at least 15 to 20 year runway or whatever path that you've got which is really long and there are a lot of possibilities open what would you talk with this person so we do talk with people like this this typically happen to be the children of our clients my clients tend to be a little older and the children of the clients are also started working they're doing good jobs and this concept comes up i discovered the name only recently but the concept has always been there so if you break this up financially independent retire early let's pick up retire early i think most people when they talk of retire early essentially mean it's not that they are not going to work what they want to say and what they mean is that i want to work but i will do what i want to do even though it may mean earning less so typically what the logic is that do 15 years of time 
effectively do 15 years of time accumulate your credits during that 15 years or 20 years of time and then use those credits to live the rest of your life the way you want to live it i think it's also little bit changing so if we pick up the retire early we now see so i i'll give you an exact example about a client who has to choose excellent degrees who has to choose between the standard investment banking job versus working for a not for profit now nice choice nice choice yeah. now what is the way that she is looking at it this is a lady client what is the way that she is looking at it and this is something i am learning from her i am not uh, coaching her this is something i have learned from her she says this is what i want to do even after i am 40 okay or what so i'm starting my career by retiring mm. by that definition because i am doing what i love to do if i don't like this organization i'll go to another organization but this is what i want to do with my life what is it meant it has meant that i'm earning less can you help me decide whether at least i will meet the other goals that i might have and at some point i may not be able to work so after that i will still live so will i be able to meet those goals again so that is a very novel way of looking at it it is it is it is and if you now pick the second part the financially independent part her point was that you know my parents are well to do eventually they have house that's going to come to me mm. why should i even plan for it so that takes one big chunk out of it's, the because to be financially independent one of the biggest chunk is buying your house roti kapda aur makan roti kapda aur makan roti kapde ke itne paise nahi lagte <laughs> makan ke bahut paise lagte bahut yeah moment you took that out of the equation she was able to take that decision so she had approached us before taking that yeah. decision she was clearly able to take that decision ki hey this works for me from day 1 mm. i don't have to wait for 20 years now she may be an aberration okay but my point is ki people i come back to calculations and being very clear what retirement means for you and what financial independence means for you i think if you define that reasonably well and this is very important for somebody who say 10 years into a job or 8 10 years this thing about the house because there are two big overhangs house children's education you remove those two overhangs everything else i think is very easily manageable yeah so folks i think a lot of you all are waiting for her to say that buy this mutual fund or have 50% in debt 60% in equity i'm sorry you're going to get none of that i think you need to understand what her she's saying and i think that's the critical point of financial planning emotions priorities none of these can be captured in an excel file and honestly folks if you wanted to get all that advice you could have gone anywhere else and made your own excel file on asset allocation and what to do etc etc you need to focus on big picture out here you need to focus on priorities goals emotions a lot of that will actually define your financial planning more than this am i you know am i on the right track here oh absolutely absolutely yeah so related to that and since probably our listeners are waiting for that whole you'd get a lot of clients coming to you na ki sir ye mera portfolio hai mm-hmm. and this is the return i'm getting mm-hmm. please help me mm-hmm. and what i like about the concept of holistic goal based financial planning is and as you said in the book that if you're in the race to have the best investment return on your portfolio then i'm probably not the right guy for you let's talk about that for a while how does that work so i'll explain this in two ways i mean this we make it clear to a client ki if you are looking for a coach to help you win this is a marathon your life planning is a marathon you want to win the race we are not the right coaches you want to finish the race 
on your terms. You're not competing with anybody else. You're doing it for yourself. You want to finish this race comfortably, then we are the absolute right coaches for you. And I think when you explain this with examples, clients are able to relate to that, you know, quite well. One very important thing that a client taught me, and he asked me this question, Ki, Harsh, what's wrong? Ki, I try very hard to get the best returns on my investment. And jabhi bhi paisa chahi, I have a lot of money. Let me try and maximize my return. Jabhi bhi, whenever I need the money, I will withdraw from it. And the rest of the money is earning. So why should I not try to maximize returns? What can be the problems with maximizing my return? The answer that I gave him and it has convinced him. First is this whole concept of not planning for your goals. What that does is, is that automatically priority comes to the goal that comes first in time. So if the goal that comes first in time is a car, then money gets allocated to that because it has come. So you take money out and give it. Mm -hmm. Children's education, that comes first before your quote-unquote retirement. So you take out money and give it to that. So you have not done thing. You may run out of petrol before you reach a most important destination. This exercise about which of the destinations you should visit, you know, as a is a trade-off. And not doing that planning beforehand means that you might be taking extremely suboptimal decisions on doing things that if you had planned, you would never do. If I gave you a toss-up between buying a car and retiring, you know, reasonably well, or more importantly, making sure that your child went to Harvard, I don't think he would have or and she would have any problems in deciding. So that is one issue with the maximum return or not planning for the goals. The second with maximum returns is that obviously maximum returns comes with maximum risk. I mean, these are like linked to each other, right? You cannot get so return risk liquidity. That is the criteria for any investment. You want to maximize returns. You have to compromise on risk or liquidity or both. Now, Goals that are say one year away, even if you are the most, you know, risk-taking personality, if the goals are one year away, you will not consider equity. Even though you might be, you know, somebody who takes risks for a living. So doing that with your entire portfolio is an extremely, it does not make sense. And I think that convinced the client. Yeah. Harsh, I want to understand this as, you know, concepts of financial planning. When you've got a 15, 20 year, let's say, because financial planning should typically be of that. If you're having a discussion of kya lagta hai, folks, and that's not this episode, okay? If you have that kind of a long time frame, time is in your side. Okay? Broadly, what do you think should be the two or three things that our listeners should keep in mind when they're planning for their goals? You know, Because when you're looking at that long time frame, you're including a lot of big goals in that. Could be marriage, could be car, could be house, could be kids, could be anything broadly, what are the right approaches here or what should the listener be thinking when he's making a financial plan for that? Because in my conversations, what I've had with a lot of people is what is a good long-term return? Yeah, now, I don't know. You know, 8% over 20 years is also great. 10% is great. Obviously, higher return over a long period is the best. I'm not sure that's always the right way to do it because there's taxation. There's a whole lot of issues. Guide us through that. You know, help our listeners to make a framework when they're doing a very long-term financial plan for their lives. So I think first is what you need to figure out. So I, I would start first with the uh, goals. I mean, apart from entire behavior, etc., which is a 
So we would never, for example, our plans take at least thirty to forty-five days. Wow! Uh, I mean, that's something. When you engage a client for the first time, when we engage a client for the first time, we make it very clear to him: please do not expect any <laughs> plan from us for at least and thirty to forty-five days is if you are quick in responding. Wow! Okay, wow. it does wow. take that much right. time if you really want to do a a good job. Coming back to the numbers, I think it's very, very important for you to set your goals. and one thing is changing now but one thing is that people have far bigger aspirations for their children and you know much less for themselves and i keep reminding them that when you're traveling in the aircraft they will tell you right that when these oxygen masks drop and you have a child traveling with you you must first wear the mask yourself before helping your child same thing applies to your goals a goal that will keep you financially independent is important for the child too although on the surface it sounds selfish one of the best things you can do for your child is never be financially dependent on him never be physically dependent on him you need to work on your health as much as on your wealth and first for yourself simply because that takes off the he is going to or she is going to start their lives you don't want them to start their lives thinking oh my god i have to look at you know my parents for the next 20 30 years how i'm going to spend my life supporting them no matter if you have forced them to, i mean if you have helped them to go to harvard it does not matter you don't want them to end up with that responsibility so i think helping yourself first is a key doing the trade offs is very important because when clients come to us first they're pretty expansive in their goals and we are now not talking of people who have all the resources in the world if they have all the resources in the world then you know it's much it's a different yeah. thing we're talking of people who have to do these trade offs and one of the things that they realize okay is that some things are more important for example i mean more and more clients are beginning to look at giving back when they start doing the goals they realize i mean one of the things that i heard my one of my clients say that you know it's difficult to earn money it's even more difficult to give back money hmm. the point is that even for that you have to do planning and even that involves a trade off probably with some other goal is it that important to you do you really think you will be able to do it and if you want to do it then you need to plan for it today rather than tomorrow so i think goal planning is important risk profiling what is your risk taking ability because as they say everybody is a risk taker in a bull market <laughs> okay i think when the chips are down how did you behave and there are these behavioral structured behavioral questionnaires which are not investment related where you give a case scenario look at how the person would react to this hypothetical situation mm. that enables you to i mean ultimately it is what people do not what they say that uh, is risk but it gives you a much better idea so i think all these things you need to take into account yeah, folks goal planning in two words important harsh let's wrap up this episode with you mentioned about behavior okay let's talk about these oddities because i remember you, for my book you'd given a very interesting case study let's talk a little bit about that what are the insights you've got from your clients on this behavioral aspect weird stuff and you know any any colorful stuff that you can share with the listeners because i want them to leave this episode thinking that you know okay aisa bhi hota hai types so i mean i've learned so much in this 7 year journey as an investment advisor i'll just give two so 
very early on in my career as an investment advisor there is this friend who came to me for investment advice paid my fees and you know gave us all this information and we were trying to do the probe goals etc now it was rich full resources were available all his goals were being easily met and he said i will do the investment myself mm. you just give me an asset allocation and i'm just wondering why has he come to me i mean he's not really listening to me and then it flashed upon me ki one of the goals was to buy a very high end car ah, okay he has all the resources <laughs> it's his money but he's basically looking for a validation ki bhai main ye gaadi i am you know i'm buying this car but it's okay it's okay to buy this car and that was this is not a financial thing it's an emotional thing another thing that i remember uh, very clearly was we were working with this client and he wanted to buy a house that was one of his uh, important goals we did the numbers and based on his financial resources etc we said you should buy now okay and he was very reluctant to buy now mm-hmm. and i was wondering and i was talking to him i was taking him through the numbers ki see you have this funds and this and that and you know he would say yes 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 but he was not saying i will buy mm. so i was wondering and that's where probing helps so you probe 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 then it dawned on me he he then told me and in that conversation i was alone with me, him not my colleague wasn't there with me he told me ki see i'm staying with my parents i'm staying with them in their house but you know they depend on me financially if i buy my own house they feel feel very insecure wow now that it's not financial yeah. but it is important and i think these things are so important that they will overcome any financial excel sheet that you will draw up and understanding them and making sure that you fit the plan around their requirement rather than the other <laughs> way around is what life planning and financial planning what can i you know how does one look for a planner who has all these things in his mind tell me about that because i want that to be the last question in our advisor perspective series that our listeners can take away some very specific insights that when they're looking for financial advice which i moved ho chai free ho chai you know chai youtube wala ho jo bhi ho or it could be someone as experienced as you what are the few things that they should keep in mind when they're looking for advice on their financial matters because you know i'm sure you get a lot of questions i certainly do get a lot of questions what would be your view on this how do you choose good financial advice so i think two things okay like any advice any important advice right if something is wrong with my health i go to my doctor now my doctor happens to be my childhood friend but he knows that i'm going to do research he he cannot prescribe a medicine i will ask him what is this medicine for what are the side effects what are the pros cons etc but i have always found that no matter how extensively i read on the web no matter who i read please remember there are no free lunches in life one out of context advice can be dangerous okay so let me i mean a simple example is that maruti is a good car a maruti i don't know what is the latest what? model a maruti uh, alto is a good car yes of course it's a good car but what are you going to use it for if you're going to use it off road no it's not a good car but that is not a saying on maruti alto that's a saying on what you will use it for same thing with my so i coming back to the health advice by reading up on the web i'm able to ask intelligent questions so that's one use the free advice even that be careful where you look up those free advice but use that as a guiding principle to 
please remember some expert or some advisor will add take your context into account and explain it to you in your context that i think is important second always know the person giving advice whether it is free or whether it is paid how is he making money so if it is so called free he is making some money from the advertisement so he could be a influencer and that's been very very controversial recently or if he is so called advisor and he is you know getting paid from again as i said there nothing wrong as long as you are aware and conscious and i think the whole thing is about taking decisions consciously doing trade offs consciously folks there you go doing trade offs consciously and health so much of knowledge out there that is a wrap on this episode of paisa paisa the advisor perspective series to help you make better financial decisions by guest harsh rungta founder at fee only advisors india harsh thank you you know for taking the time for spending so much of time and giving your insights to our listeners thank you so much for doing this thank you anupam it was a real pleasure good to have you here and folks listeners thank you so much for listening to this episode of paisa paisa if you like this podcast don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the ivm network you can listen to us on the ivm podcast app or ivmpodcast.com you can also follow us on our social media we are ivm podcast on twitter and instagram and if you want to reach out to me i'm your host anupam gupta b50 on twitter and folks thank you so much thank you for listening to paisa paisa no material on the show should be considered as financial advice the material on the show is for informational purposes only please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision